Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me, and this is the Our Time Podcast, featuring the talents of myself, John Biggs, Victor Marks, and Nicholas DeLeon. And as we all know, this is the podcast for Watch Geeks by Watch Geeks. And uh, welcome back to the show. We missed a week. What happened? Well, you are the sharpest tool in the shed. I am the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't know why I had that in my head. I've been I've been singing that out loud as I walk around the house. My children despise hey me. At the, hey now. <laughs> my children despise me. They may despise you, but to me, you will always be an all-star. A rock star. Get okay. your game on. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You don't, you don't even know this. Uh, yeah, well, that's because you're a millennial. Oh, I, don't, no. I actually don't know what we're talking about. You don't know anything okay. about You don't know all-star? Uh, by Smash Mouth? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought I thought there was yeah. It, the Shrek mean, song. It mean it's not the Shrek song. It was far better. It was far more important than the Shrek song. It was far more far it was more formative. It was formative for all of us, except for I you. Guess. Apparently, I don't even like Shrek. To be, I feel like Shrek is kind of the big. It's not about wider. Shrek. We're not talking about Shrek. There's nothing. <laughs> Welcome to, tell, to yeah. the first episode of the Shrek podcast. <laughs> Shrek time. What watch does he wear? Does he wear a watch? Let's see. That's Shrek like saying that Mickey Dolan's and the monkeys are about Shrek. Come on. What watch? Just, just would because he I'm wear? a believer. Yeah. Anyway, okay, what do we got here? What's going on? We uh, hold on to address. We did miss a week. Life got in the way, folks. Uh, we had very busy, busy weeks last week, but we're back. Life got in the way because you are a power lifter. Yeah, you're a power Apparently. lifter. Well, this that's a nice segue into our first topic of the week. Uh, a lot of big news. The the first uh, Bloomberg reported a couple of days ago that Apple may be developing a version of the Apple Watch specifically aimed at athletes, you power know, kind lifters. of picture power lifters, uh, extreme sports fellas, the things like imagine a G-Shock is kind of how they describe it. It'll be rubberized, it'll be ruggedized, uh, which is interesting to me for two reasons. One, I, you know, I sort of got into watches as I've explained via cycling. I was tracking calories and, and miles cycled and so on and so forth. And I never particularly thought that the Apple Watch was not robust enough for that type of activity. Like it's it's fine. You know, I, I guess you can, you know, like a G-Shock, you could encase it entirely in rubber. You can maybe improve the water resistance. I think the Apple Watch is like 50 meters of water resistance. Don't quote me. I guess I could look it up. But I think it's that. But I guess there are ways to improve it. And the other reason why I have standing to discuss this topic uh, this week, I got my 23andMe results back, uh, and it said I have the genetic variant typically found in powerlifters. Powerlifters. So that is my new career. I'm going to become a powerlifter <laughs> with my ruggedized Apple Watch. We'll see what happens, but I'm feeling quite confident. I mean, I believe in science, as we all do on this podcast, uh, and I believe in 23andMe. Very so, exciting. So the so the idea of a rugged Apple Watch. So I don't I don't wear my Apple Watch that much, and I and I and I feel bad because it's really expensive. It's expensive freaking product by for the, in, in step one. So you're basically spending yeah. five hundred dollars for something that just sits on the side. But I see plenty of people wear them on a daily basis. So people really like them. They do. But I but I would argue that yeah, you can't play like rugby in them. I don't think. I don't know why you would. Yeah. But yeah, no, it is definitely not for contact sports. I don't think. Uh, I would not wear it while playing rugby or, or soccer or even baseball for that matter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you would, but it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to that level of activity. So I guess a ruggedized version is a good, a good idea as any, I guess. Here's, here's the problem for me is that Apple has never known for the longest time what this thing is for. They, you know, when they invented it, they started having, you could send drawn on text messages, basically 
to other people in your contacts list wearing your watch. So you could send them your heartbeat or you could draw, oh, yes, you could draw that. dick pics and send them dicks and stuff like that. And, and basically no one knew what this thing was for. And their, their original 45 minute demo for it, they had people opening and closing garage doors from the watch or, or shopping eBay on the watch. And it was, it was dumb. No one, no one knew. And they, they had it for a few years and they figured it out and they figured out that it was for health tracking. And yeah. that's where the, the heart rate and EKG and the pulse oximeter and all of that came together so that they could tell you how you were physically doing and know how you were physically doing while you were doing exercise activities. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is it for health or is it for sport or is it that they see that these two things sort of dovetail but, but are now going to cross over or what? I, I feel like they're yeah. just sort of trying to decide if they want to sell it to people who want to be more healthy, which is the problem that John has because he leaves it off and he doesn't really want to be more healthy. Yeah. Or, but I, but I, you know what? I wear, a, uh, I, wear a, I wear a Fitbit right now. So I actually don't, I, I don't, I, I don't, I want to be healthy and I, but I wear a Fitbit because it's far more as, as a watch dude, first off, as a watch dude, I can't wear an Apple watch and a regular watch at the same time because I'm a, yeah, that makes risking. you a dork. Double wristing is is dorky, but yeah. I can wear I can wear like nerd jewelry like the like the Fitbit and just have it and it just stays on for like seven seven days. I charge it every week and I'm good. Yeah. Whereas for right. the Apple Watch, it's an entire investment in terms of it's, in terms it's of, a commitment to actually wearing it's an aesthetic the thing. commitment. It is. It definitely is. Uh, and back when we had offices back way in the olden days, I was known for wearing my Apple Watch. I, I will say I will give. Uh, you know, Apple, when they when they really focused on health and wellness, uh, you know, that's when I started cycling. I did lose like 50 pounds being really diligent about cycling and, and keeping it. What To me, the way it worked was it kind of, you know, you exert yourself for 30 minutes on the bike and you realize you've burned all of like 150 calories. Yeah, a bag and of so chips. So you're like, geez, yeah, that's a bag of chips. So it's like, okay, I can kill myself on the bike for 30 minutes or I can have a bag of chips. And it really makes you question well, maybe I don't need that bag of chips because it just makes you appreciate the, the amount of like labor that goes into burning those calories. So I will say, uh, you know, if you give it a shot and you and you are dedicated, uh, it is useful to track that stuff. Uh, yeah, I could say personal experience, but you know, you don't, you know, like like you said, John, you could also just use a Fitbit, or you could also kind of like mentally be like, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, a million cupcakes a day or whatever. You know, don't don't take my cupcakes. Away yeah, don't from take me. anybody's cupcakes. So I mean, well, that's true. I mean, have your cup. There are plenty of people who buy treadmills and buy ellipticals and buy rowing machines and then use them for their God intended purpose as clothes hangers. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. So the beauty of the Apple Watch now is that they hooked it in with Apple Fitness on Apple TV. Right. I'm repeating the word Apple a lot here, mm -hmm. and that's their intention, of course. And so when you do their Apple Fitness courses through their Apple Fitness Plus on your Apple TV using your Apple Watch, <clears throat> Apple, Apple, Apple. It, it tracks your stats while you're doing the exercise and gives you instructions and gives you feedback, sort of like a Peloton light or that rowing machine that John had. And that's better. It's, I mean, it's, it's better because you actually have someone telling you what to do with the exercise equipment as opposed to just getting on and, and riding for 30 minutes and hoping that you don't have to get a bag of chips. Right. I, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know if they gave a rumored release date. I guess Apple usually releases their Apple watches in the, in the fall or at September. So I guess we'll see. But, you know, in terms of like, I kind of file this under, yeah, why not? Why not have a more sport version of the, you know, who cares? I think what they're going for is Garmin has held their ground as the the successful running watch. If you yeah. want to run, you yes, get a Forerunner or you get a Phoenix. 
and those are the Garmin watches that you do. And even Polar, Polar's kind of lost its edge in that in that space. And then like even Fitbit, Fitbit was supposed to be Fitbit was supposed to be the the every every person's like running device or exercise device, but it even that it's even not it's not even as good as a Garmin. And and you can even argue that some of the Casio stuff that's coming out now, some of the some of the fancier Casio is working better than Garmin. Or working better than than uh, than Apple Watch because it's gonna because you're not gonna crash you're not gonna crash your G Shock with step counter if by falling over. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, anyway, there's 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 no aisle allowed in this case because there's nothing to allow. Right. It's just a rumor. Does Apple have permission from the the user to make a sport focused watch like this? Do they have the acceptance from from people to replace a Garmin? Is the kind of question. That's a good question. And we we should probably ask a real power lifter. Is there room for that? Is there permission for that? I don't know. Presumably Apple has is doing the research. But yeah, I, I don't know. In, an interesting, I guess maybe for another day, what other Apple watches would you develop a sport one? Is there is there room for a address Apple watch made of? Well, they tried that. They tried that with the... With oh yeah, the, they, they uh, tried that a couple times. The addition models, they had the... Uh, yes, yes, yes. The, just the doesn't super work. gold plated one, and they had the the thousand dollar ceramic ones, and they just couldn't figure it out. All right, well, I'm I'm not I'm not into it. God bless them. Right. Let them let them enjoy their let them enjoy their lives. What else we got? I want to talk about escapements for a moment. Yeah, I know. I'm going to bore you with with nerd right. stuff. But well, let me uh, let me get some let me get some. Uh, you're going to take a break while I talk nerd. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take some uh, I'm going to take some uh, melatonin. Hold on. <laughs> oh, good. Fall asleep faster. So. The, the wristwatch, the mechanical wristwatch, right? There's a mainspring and a barrel that powers the thing. And the the escapement basically stops and starts that power so that it runs the second hand and keeps the thing regulated in time. Make sense so far? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And traditionally, that that balance is a metal spring wound in a coil and a pallet fork that has basically two tongs on it or three, if you're talking about the, the Omega coaxial stuff, and it literally stops and starts a gear so that the second hand starts and stops so many times per second and, and runs around the dial, keeps it all in time. What if you got rid of that? What if you took, totally took out that whole balance spring? That would be amazing. It would. It'd be incredible. So here's, here's what's happened, right? ETA, which is a swatch group, started by replacing the balance spring with silicon which is basically doing the same old thing, same as they've always done, except they're using a better material. And the reason you do that is that it's not subject to magnetism and it handles shocks a little bit better and it's not subject to temperatures. So when you get freezing cold or super hot, it doesn't change how it's timed. And that's nice, but it's not a really big advancement. I found out a few years ago that Rolex had a guy named Nicholas Dehan. Not De Leon. Not De Leon. Yeah, I, my heart that dude's a power lifter. I know. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> so not, not, not our own resident power lifter, but instead <laughs> yeah. a guy whose last name is spelled D-E-H-O-N. And he, he worked at Rolex and he made prototypes there for a thing called Project Elf. And this was a super cool escapement idea that he came up with by flexing a credit card. You know, if you put tension on a credit card, you squeeze it, it forms sort of a U-shape. And then you push on the, the apex of that U and it snaps back the other direction. Mm-hmm. He saw that, he was fiddling with that. And that was his whole idea is what if you put a spring under tension like that and it snapped back? And that was the thing that started and stopped the escapement. So it's like a little, so is it flat? It was, in his vision, it was flat. 
And he did that originally trying to use Niverox as a material, which totally didn't work. And then he came up with silicon blades. Well, Rolex said, you know what? This isn't for us. We don't care. And they let him go. And he went over to Girard Perigo, where they said, go ahead and finish this thing. And you can now buy it in the form of the Constant Force LM watch that costs $130,000, $150,000, something. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, but you know, none of us are affording that. Okay. It's just not happening. Not yet. So after after that. Not yet. Once this once this podcast takes off, we're gonna we're we're gonna rake in the dough to the moon, man. So the the thing that came next was the Zenith Defy Lab or Zenit Defy Lab, which became the Zenit Defy Inventor, and there they got rid of thirty parts and they made one part out of silicon that is the escapement, that is the Swiss lever, that is everything, and that thing costs seventeen grand. Okay, and it operates at something like eighteen hertz, which is huge because a normal Eta watch is three or four hertz. So that's significantly faster. And to be clear, this is a mechanical watch, right? Mechanical watch using silicon reduction of parts, still mechanical, still automatic, but with a faster beat rate for greater accuracy and uh, completely not subject to magnetism, completely not subject to temperature and a lot more shock resistant too. Because when you drop silicon, it, it doesn't get bent out of shape. It doesn't jar. It just kind of flexes and then flexes back to its natural shape. Mm-hmm. So... All of the problems that we talk about with mechanical watches that they just have because they're mechanical go away. You know, because of these things are being flat, instead of having a a balance wheel suspended on a pinion and it can just break off at the two ends of the pinion on its axle, mm-hmm. all those problems go away. You, you you reduce the parts count from like 30 to one. And that's what Frederick Constant did yesterday. Yesterday they launched their FC810 movement. And it's in a watch that you can buy for $5,000, which compared to the 17 grand or the 130 and 150 grand is way more affordable. Right. And what they're doing is, is instead of replacing the whole movement with silicon, they just replaced where the balance wheel was. They take, they use the same mainspring, same barrel, the gear train, they added an extra gear to handle the, the extra speed that they're putting on this thing. Because instead of running it at three Hertz or four Hertz, like the old school watches, they're running this circuit at 10 times that. They're running it at 40 hertz. Mm-hmm. So it is like a little hummingbird on your wrist blipping back and forth. The The second hand is literally moving 80 times a second. So these guys are... It's incredible. I'm looking at the video right now. Yeah. Holy wow. So that little guy is just like vibrating. Well, we talk about that, right? The, the four hertz that I was saying is 28,800 vibrations per hour. This thing is 288,000 vibrations per hour. Oh, my God. See, you, we should have just started with this. You should have said, wow, John, I'm about to tell you something that's amazing, and you're going to be completely <laughs> amazed by it. John, you took your melatonin. It's already done. And instead, I'm instead I'm half asleep here. Okay. Look at this. This is amazing. It is, isn't it? Nicholas, would you agree that this is amazing? I like it. This is cool. This all happened because Rolex bailed on their project. They gave up. And so everyone else took off, figured out how to do it. They're punks is all I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. So a standard, a standard assortment, a standard assortment of the regulator and the, and the hairspring and balance wheel, uh, is 28 Gone. components. Yeah. And the monolithic regulator monolithic, uh, is, uh, just three components. Yep. Wow. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. I, I'm, I I'm want gonna, it. I'm, I want to get one of these. Me too. I mean, I don't, I think the watch is kind of ugly, but that's a whole different story. Uh, yeah, but you know, 
for, first of all, do you appreciate it because it's an incredible achievement and is awesome? Or, or do you only want it because it's pretty to look at? Uh, yeah. And second of all, now that now that they've got this thing, right, They Frederick Constant is owned by Citizen Group in, in Tokyo, uh, but they, they are based in Switzerland and they run pretty much kind of independent. They have a sister brand, Alpina. Mm. And so the question is, will Alpina also get this? Alpina does the more sport watch kind of thing, stainless steel and, and GMTs and stuff. Because it would be super cool if we could get some sport watches with this. Yeah, I want a sport watch. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's, yeah. Not magnetic, not subject to temperature, shock resistant, because if you drop it, it just kind of stays in place. And it's a mere 4700 See, Nicholas, would you buy a would you buy a $4,700 three-hander with a date wheel uh, with this little hummingbird dingus inside of it? I'm not opposed. You're not opposed? I'm not, like, ah, see, no, I'm not now. Opposed. <laughs> but uh, but it feels like a fair price for uh, uh you know a, a, a nice watch. This is yeah. an incredible horological achievement. Yeah, they should be proud of this. I mean, I can't think. I, I've named the the three other companies that are trying this stuff. Etta kind of gave up just by doing traditional stuff. Rolex bailed on it. GP and uh, and Zenit. And and you don't usually think of Frederick Constant in the same sentence as Zenit and Gerard Perigo. Yeah, exactly. Frederick Constant is like a, it's a fairly, it's a fairly budget. Yeah. It's a budget. It's a budget thing. Hmm. But here they are pulling off this technological achievement. I am really excited. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll allow it. I'm giving it an allow. Woo. This has been the Our Time Podcast. I'm John Biggs. I'm Victor Marks. I'm Nicholas Dalio. And we will see you next week for some exciting and salty watch discussion. Thanks for listening. 